As always, we want to thank our sponsor, the Norden Group of Salt Lake City. Why do portfolios of large institutions, endowments, and pensions look so different than the portfolios of high net worth individuals and families? The philosophy at the Norden Group is that you should invest your portfolio like an institution. This approach leads to complete transparency. Some key questions to ask yourself. What do I really own? How much am I paying in fees? What costs am I paying that are not disclosed? Would I be better off in a low-cost index fund? At the Norden Group, we conduct what is called a portfolio audit, which can help reveal these and other important details. Call us to set up your appointment. Investment advisor services offered through Townsquare Capital LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Townsquare is not affiliated with any other named entity. Well, thank you, as always, to the Norden Group. Um, we are recording on new microphones this week, so I hope that people notice a, a difference, and it's for the better. Um, I, you know, Dan and I were talking. Our, our old microphones were were kind of the my first podcast setup kit, and these are not fancy, but slightly I nicer. I think they look really cool. Yeah, so. they, they look cool. The old ones were kind of were kind of janky. Miles, ask Miles Baker about our old setup. This this is hopefully a little more um, a little more professional. Uh, I also have to say, we realized after recording last week, um, last week marked one year of the Maybird Cycling Podcast. Um, we've done a number of episodes. It's kind of hard to count what counts as an episode and what's a special or whatever. Um, so we thought about doing like, oh, a big 50th episode thing. But um, but yeah, it's, it's been a year and I don't think we've missed a week, right? Yeah, I don't think we have. I don't know that we've missed a week. If we have, I haven't. I, I can't remember it. Um, done several other little specials in, in, in there. Um, uh, but a, a year into doing this, uh, we just wanted to say thank you to everybody for your, your continued listenership, even through our, our, our amateurness. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm still surprised that anyone actually listens. I mean, but thank you. Yeah, it is jarring when people come and tell me that they're like, oh, I like the podcast. I'm like, oh, gosh, I like to imagine that no one listens to this. But <laughs> um, uh, just enough of you do. So we're building our empire. Five years from now, we'll be as big as Rogan or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- thank you all very much for that. Um, we've, we've got a, a busy and kind of mixed episode today. There's a bunch of little things we want to touch on. Um, uh, you know, and I actually, I have actually been researching something that I wanted to do kind of a deeper dive into it. It's a, a question I had personally, and I just, I just not quite ready. So I'm going to hold that off till next week. We can't have any half baked episodes right now. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk about something else this week. We've got a few things to go over this week. Well, this week's, this week's busy really quickly. Is there any team, uh, or local, uh, racing or news we need to go through? I think it's been a somewhat quiet week. Yeah, I think so. I I think um, we mentioned that, well, the the uh, the Gibbon twins did did mm. that race in in Sun Valley, right? And I I just mentioned that they they entered it, but apparently they won the overall pro men division. Did they really? Yeah, or one of them. I can't remember which one did. <laughs> Wow. Should we go back and should we, or I don't know, Gibbons twins are interchangeable, right? You know, they're both really cool. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're super stoked for them either way. You know, I didn't really even, I wasn't even thinking of local team news right now because there wasn't a whole lot going on. It, it has been a slightly quieter week after a few 
really kind of crowded ones. We had a lot going on. But either way, congratulations to the Gibbons twin slash twins who prevailed at this race up in up in Idaho. I think they're a real threat for for Nike this year. They're kind of the big ones to watch, well, huh? You know, yeah, they're they're definitely talented riders. I think they're going to have a good fun season. So, oh yeah. Um, uh, we have a, a lot of bike world news. First off, the, the Tour de France finished today uh, with a sprint on the Champs-Élysées. A lesser-known sprinter named Jordi Muse won the biggest, most prestigious sprint in cycling today, which was cool. Uh, Jonas Vingegaard wrapped up a dominating win. Um, really had the measure of Tadej Pogacar over the course of this tour. Um, I believe he finished roughly seven minutes ahead. Um, absolutely crushed Pogacar in the final time trial. Poggy came back to win the stage yesterday, a couple bike lengths ahead of Vingegaard. Um, coming in second in the tour is no small feat. Um, but I, when I saw Pogacar win two tours back-to-back, I kind of thought we'd see five back-to-back. And it's cool that we happen to have this other generational talent in Jonas Vingegaard to you know, kind of, kind of challenge Pogacar. Cause for a couple of years there, it looked like no one could touch him. Um, so fantastic tour, really good to watch. Um, the, uh, uh, the women's tour started today, uh, with a solo stage win by a uh, lot Capecchi. So make sure you're watching that. I know I was always kind of bummed in the past when the tour would end and that was it, but now we get a whole extra week of the tour, uh, with the women, uh, hope to see a, a full parody event for them at some point in the future, but be sure to tune in is and, it on um, Peacock or GCN? Uh, GCN has it, not for us here in the U.S. I think you should do what I do and get a VPN and just you know set your location in the U.K. Watch it there is the easiest way. Uh, I believe Peacock's carrying it as well, but I've been doing a VPN GCN <laughs> uh, sort of combo to watch. Um, so yeah, make sure you go out and see that. Um, no significant mountain bike news this week. Uh, I think we have a World Cup coming up. Not too far in the future, but I'd have to check the calendar. Nothing major there. Um, but yeah, the, the big the big news this week mostly just being tour wrapping up. Go and watch some recaps. I think it's good for all cyclists to at least be somewhat aware of that because inevitably when friends and family and people at work ask you, oh, how's the Tour de France going? Because they know you're a cyclist and they're trying to be polite. You should be able to give them some kind of answer, right? Do you get that well, one? Not really, but I did Google who won it just because I thought that might be a quiz question today. But. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Dan, it's I I I, I kind of wanted to ask you that, but I was worried you wouldn't know, and no, I don't want to make you look right that started, bad. So, I, so let, who won? The, who won the tour, Dan? Jonas Vingegaard. Vingegaard. It's a really tricky name, and it's spelled like Vingegaard, like you'd say that in English, but the Danish pronunciation is is not that. Oh. And I don't. I'm not comfortable enough to try and really stick the landing on that. Um, uh, but, uh, as far as news goes, I, I think that's the measure of it, but while I don't want to make you look too bad, I'm still willing to make you look bad. So I do have a quiz, um, as we wrap up the tour, uh, these are tricky enough that if you don't get them, you won't look too silly. So it's kind of hard to calibrate these, you know, I'd love, I'd love for you to get the answers right sometimes, but isn't it the worst when somebody asks you a question you should know the answer to and you don't know it? Yes. The position I don't want to put you in. So, okay. speaking of twins, um, uh, which two... Oh, by the way, yes. I, while we had to pause there for a second, while you hurried and prepared a quiz... Yeah, I was hoping, I was like, That's, that transition is so seamless, they'll never know. know we paused there. Thanks for thanks for ratting me out there. Um, I found it was it was Oliver that won the Galena Grinder, because okay. Gabe flatted out. Ah. So, so just Well, lucky it. for everyone else. Now there's two spots left on the podium, not just the one. So... 
Um, congratulations to uh, to uh, both of the Gibbons twins, and that's a, a brilliant segue into my first question. Um, uh, which two twins were went one and two on stage one? I have no idea. You didn't hear about this? No, I've heard there were some twins on, um, but I can't remember their names. I remember hearing that they were twins, though. Well, Adam and Simon Yates, um, twins from the UK and kind of veterans of the Peloton at this point, went clear, broke away in the last little bit of the stage, two, both uh, really small climber guys. Uh, went one two in the stage, and then Adam Yates, uh, teammate of Tadej Pogacar, went on to take third overall. So, another cool twin news. Um, question two for you here: uh, Wout Van Aert exited the tour early a few days ago for what reason? Hmm. Hmm. To get ready for cross season? No. Good. Good guess, but no, not to get ready for cross season. You want to take one more whack at it? Um, he hurt his knee. No, he had a kid. Oh. Uh, his wife gave birth to their second child and he left the tour a little early. Um, uh, so, you know, he doesn't listen to this, but congratulations to the Van Art family. Um, <laughs> final question for you here. This one I think you should get. Uh, Pogachar rode the, uh, this tour with a bike decked out in gear from which Utah-based company? Envy. Envy, yes. So this was really interesting. I was reading um, Pogachar's team is probably the best funded in the Peloton. They are sponsored by the government of the United Arab Emirates, and they have uh, plenty of money to throw around. Um, they are in an interesting position where they can buy whatever gear they want. A lot of teams have to kind of settle for whatever companies are willing to give them free stuff. Um, uh, but Pogachar's team, I understand that they did a whole bunch of testing and uh, went from being Colnago Drivetrain, Colnago Wheels, which was a long-standing partnership for that organization, to selecting Dura-Ace because they thought it was the best and Envy Everything because they thought it was the best, which is an interesting... I mean, I guess value doesn't play into that for them, but that's kind of one of those rare cases where you actually get to see the pros getting to use the gear they want to choose. And I was reading something that, that Pogacar had the opportunity to test a bunch of wheels, a bunch of different drivetrains, and that they favored a mix of Shimano and Envy. So we saw Envy wheels, Envy cockpit, um, all kinds of really cool stuff on the UAE bikes this year, which got two of their riders onto the podium, which is pretty good. Um, but that is our, um, that's our quiz for the week. And I want to give you, Dan, I know you're very excited. You've been talking all week about your little experiment that you've been running. Um, you've been talking my ear off about it. So I think it's only fair that you get to talk the team's ear off about it now. Well, before I go into that, I just want to, there's just one kind of side note I've been thinking about that I just think is is important to talk about right now because of the time of the season and what kids that are getting ready for Nike should be doing with their training. Um, so pretty soon here is the time when it's probably time to kind of switch from doing more base type training to, to more of a build for your Nike races, which means, you know, you're going to be starting your intervals here soon. And so just right now, I just wanted to just emphatically remind you that at this point, um, is where you really should make sure that your your easy rides are within zone two or below, and and then when it's time to go hard, you go hard. I think this right there is if there's a key to getting fast, that's it right there. You know that you do a large volume of easy rides, but when it's time to go hard, you just you just really really make it count. And now is the time that that really matters. Like up till now, if you've done, you know, if like your group group rides get a little bit tempo-ish and a little harder, that's fine. It's not really going to be that detrimental. 
Um, but now is the time where I think it's like more intensity discipline is going to make a big difference. And, and so just, you know, keep the easy rides easy, but when it's time to go hard, you got to make, you got to go hard. You got to make it count. Light it up. It's got to be uncomfortable. So I think people forget that there are two sides to that, that I I think we've, a lot of people do a really good job emphasizing. You got to stay in zone two or whatever. You got to stay in zone two. You stay in zone two so that you can truly go into the into the dark place when you need to to get those gains right like i mean you can't be because a lot of people kind of end up doing mushy they're you know we've talked about it so many times but their their easy rides are too hard and their hard rides are too easy i think there's there's two sides of that you know and, and for me the part of the discipline that helped me getting there was remembering that like you know i really need to be going hard sometimes and if you're going kind of hard all the time you're not going to be able to go really hard when you need to yeah your hard rides just end up being kind of hard and your easy yep. rides end up being, being kind of hard kind of hard and <laughs> Um, you know, and like up till this point that, and you know, and to be honest, for most people, most people, and I think most of the people even listening to this, you know, you yeah. cyclists, no matter what you do, you're going to get faster as long as right. you're riding a bike. Right. You know, this is just what can kind of, you know, if you do it right, it's what gets you to that next level. Oh yeah. hundred you know, percent. And, and so you need the volume. Um, and hopefully you've got that at this point, but, um, you know, you don't need a lot of high quality work each week. You know, two is plenty. Yep. And one is probably good enough, but I think two is plenty. But when you do the hard work, it needs to be awesome. So oh, yeah. Just to, I, I just that's just something I can't overemphasize. You know, if you want to get fast, I think that's one of the keys. So you got it. It's you a good time to remind discipline, you. right? Absolutely. So all about the discipline, uh, as as it always is, but. Um, I feel bad. I didn't segue you very well there. I kind of prematurely segued you into into your topic. So are we are we ready? I'm to ready actually... for the topic now. And okay. This, and this isn't the deep. Dive. I think this. We is don't really just... have a deep deep dive this no, week. No, we just kind of we have, have two, two different medium things. dives. Yeah, two medium dives. We just wanted to kind of talk about. And first of all, I'll talk about my little experiment. So for those I don't know, most of you probably heard of Francis Peak. It's it's a pretty brutal ride in Farmington. One of the bigger climbs you can do around here, maybe in terms of like the time it takes, the biggest single unified climb. Like what what's what takes longer than Francis Peak? That's in I, the immediate area. Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I it's I mean, it's how about, long does Francis Peak take? It's about thirteen miles, and you climb five thousand feet, which is huge. And a lot of it is like it was like really really sandy dirt road. Yeah. Like they. They'd covered the whole road in this like really fine sand that, like sometimes I had a hard time getting traction in. Right, it's, like this this is a climb that's more it's it's a it's a bigger climb than either of the Cottonwoods. It's a bigger climb than Empire. Like it's it's a pretty legit. I've done it once, and I'm not in a rush to do it again. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite a bit. It's a brutal climb, and it it kind of starts out really hot and dry and. But it gets up to some really pretty alpine meadows. Oh, it's and stuff. beautiful! It's beautiful up at the top, but you do kind of pass through some pretty hot. Oh yeah, kind of tougher sections at the beginning. Um, but so I've done this ride like several times. No, by several I mean like maybe three or four. I was gonna say you've done it more than I mean more than most people. Like most, most of us kind of do it once and then run screaming for the hills. <laughs> so, and and every time I've gone to do this ride, I've cramped on it. Hmm. And so this, like, um, about a week and a half ago, I rode it with one of the girl groups, mm-hmm. and it was I, was I was having a lot of fun. I was actually feeling really good. It was hot, but the heat wasn't bothering me too much. 
and you know we get to this certain spot and all of a sudden i just feel that little twinge in my leg which means oh no we're, we're about to go to cramp town we're about to go to cramp town yeah and and i tried to back off the intensity a little bit um but there's only so much you can back off your intensity on a climb like that. Yeah, kind exactly. Of, I would say there's like a minimum wattage requirement to stay upright, you yeah. know, on a lot of these things. And eventually I just kind of got, I started cramp, like full-blown cramping, you know, and, um, and, and they were bad. It was really painful. It wasn't fun. And so I'm like, okay, I've cramped every single time on this ride, but I didn't do anything really special in particular to prevent cramping for the ride I only brought like two water bottles one was filled with scratch one one was filled with water and I ended up accidentally dumping out one of my bottles by mistake so I really had two bottles for the whole ride and you know there's kind of like I didn't really do much to prevent cramping and so got done with the ride it was fun it was gorgeous you know had a good time but I I kind of thought you know what I want to try this ride again and I want to do everything I can to try to prevent cramping. I want to be able to complete this ride without cramping. And, but more specifically, I just wanted to see, you know, because I know it's pretty controversial whether salt tablets and sodium help prevent cramping. I know the, you know, the science the, isn't quite there. The science yet. isn't there yet. But my experiences leads me to think, yeah, it probably helps me. But I don't, you know, I wanted to try an experiment. Now this is like pretty low quality science and it was right uh, we're not no one's peer reviewing down here yeah this is just kind of something i wanted to try for myself but i also just want to kind of share it with you guys so um so on the the wednesday after a week later i tried it again i ate the same foods leading up to it i tried to keep everything about the same i noticed the temperatures when i started were about the same um but this time i had you know my whole my whole U sweep pack was full of was full of scratch, and I brought salt tablets, and I was going to take salt tablets the whole time, but try to keep everything else the same. I was going to try to keep the power about the same. And anyway, I started that ride. I was feeling fantastic, feeling really really good. All of a sudden, the most gnarly thunderstorm came through, and you got Utahed. Yeah, and I had to flip around and turn back, and I um, was kind of bummed about that, and so. One um, one tactic I do when I'm trying to do something kind of bigger is I always like tell people that I'm going to do it because then I have some, some accountability. Yeah, you know, like, so hey, I, Dan, whatever happened to that big ride you said you were going to do? You well, know? you know, well, yeah, and then you have to make excuses, and that doesn't feel good. Yeah, so like if ever I'm going to do something kind of big, I always tell a few friends just so I have I feel a little more accountable to do it. So. Um, so I was a little embarrassed I couldn't finish it, but that weather was pretty gnarly. And, right. and plus it was completely different circumstances too. Right. Um, because it was cloud covered and right. I actually got really cold on the way down. So, right. So that was a Wednesday and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to try it again on a Friday. So just, just this last Friday, I tried it again and I, I told a few people I was going to do it so I wouldn't back out. Um, so the first time I tried it, it was about a hundred degrees when we started. Okay. On Friday, I looked at my the temperature in my in my car, and it said 106 degrees outside. So really quick, before we carry on, that's not a good idea. We we want to say like we don't encourage people to do this. Um, if you have to sometimes, or if you're Dan, fine. But 
That's and, really rough to do a ride like that in that kind of yeah. Heat. It was stupid, and and the thing is, is I really was trying to to basically create circumstances where I would potentially cramp. You know, so I I normally wouldn't do that ride at that temperature for fun. You know, right. This is this this was, was some deliberate scientific masochism, right? Yes. And so, so just kind of comparing the, the, the ride from the Wednesday before and, or, or the Wednesday about a week and a half before and this, this Friday. So I started out, it was about six degrees warmer. Um, my, I tried to eat pretty much the same things both days. I had something similar for lunch and, and before I rode, I ate about the same. In fact, it was like a raspberry fritter from Maverick both times. You know, just good stuff. Yeah, it was actually really good. Um, the The hydration, the time before I, you know, like I said, I only had about two bottles. One was scratch, one was water. I accidentally dumped out my third bottle. That's a long story. Um, so now, now, spoiler alert, this, this ride I did Friday, I didn't cramp. I was able to do it without cramping. It's interesting, huh? Yeah. But I don't know, I don't know exactly what conclusions I can come to because I'll, I'll give you some of the, the different stats from the ride. So the first ride I did with the girls, my average wattage was about 25 watts higher. Okay. So the time I did it without cramping, I was, I was, my average was about 25 watts lower. Which is, which is pretty that's, significant. That's quite a bit. That's of, quite a bit. Yeah. That's a, if, if you're listening to this and like wattage numbers don't mean a lot to you yet like your your power was pretty considerably lower on ride two right yes but on ride two my overall time was about 25 minutes faster really which means we kind of stopped a lot more when i did it with the girls. so, oh, so you're saying moving time so what the moving time was a lot shorter when i did it with the girls <clears throat> okay and when I did it alone, I really didn't stop. So the much. overall time was shorter the in the second, was, even though the moving time was And slower. even though the wattage was lower. Interesting. Okay. So I stopped a lot less, but had a lower average power. And, and I finished the ride overall in 25 minutes less. Wow. Which is a huge amount. You know, so you can't really compare the rides completely apples right. to apples. Now, my RPE on the ride with the girls... I felt fine until I cramped. Okay. Like I was, I felt great until I cramped the ride where I, the, the second ride I did where I didn't cramp, I felt like garbage when I started and I felt like I was just the whole time. I just wasn't feeling good. Well, I mean, in heat like that, you can never feel that good, right? Like that's, I mean, that's kind of another confounding factor there where like, you know, I mean, he. I mean, like riding in 106 is like borderline dangerous, isn't it? Well, I, you know, I was I was well hydrated and and, oh, I've... and I never felt I never felt any anything that felt dangerous at all. You know, okay. and, and once you get up to a certain point, it starts cooling off and right, right, right. And it was mostly like right when I started when it was the worst. Um, and, and then another thing to consider is when I rode alone, I could kind of dictate the pace. When you're riding with someone else. All the other times I've climbed Francis Peak, somebody else is kind of... You've been following their yeah, lead. Yeah, you know, and so you don't really get to dictate the pace. So that might have something to do with it. But the thing I did different on this ride um, is I didn't even... I actually forgot to bring my scratch. 
All I had was water. Oh, interesting. But I did bring my salt tablets, and I took okay. one salt tablet every 15 minutes. Wow. Which is a lot. That's a ton. Yeah, that's about... That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's definitely on the high end, but I just, you know, that's just the every kind of... Every 15 minutes? How many salt tablets did you go through? Quite a few. But I was like watching the clock, and I because I think they're like 300 milligrams each or something. It's a lot of sodium. Yeah, it's enough that like a doctor would be horrified if they heard that for like the average person consuming that much sodium. I did check my blood pressure after, and it was okay. So Really? Yeah. But I guess if you're depleting that fast, then, you know. Oh, but you should have seen my bibs and my I was, I was I'd, salt. I'd, I'd rather not, but I get the point. Yeah. Wow. And and I drank um, I, I drank my entire pack, which is about, th- is it two liters? I think it's about two liters, yeah. Yeah. Which is equivalent of like three full water bottles. And Sorry about my yawning there. That's not professional podcast etiquette. Well, I'm kind of, I'm getting pretty boring right now. Getting. Ha, 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 ha. Just kidding. Yeah. You know, and so... So I didn't cramp, but I don't know that we can really conclude that it was salt tablets that made it. So I didn't cramp because, right, you know, I was, I was pushing in a lower wattage, and I was dictating the pace, and you know, an interesting thing about me sometimes I cramp when I'm feeling really, really good, and I think I wasn't feeling good enough because I went into the second ride way fatigued. I was super tired, and. Um, you know, it's almost like I wasn't feeling good enough to produce the power, which is big enough to cause me to cramp. So interesting. I actually, um, after I, I, I emailed one of our friends, Dr. Scott Wooler, and um, was asking him some questions about cramping and so forth. And but he actually suggested that I just go and set up an appointment with Max Testa. Okay. Which I think I'm going to do. <laughs> Max Testa is a, a notable kind of cycling focused sports medicine physician here in Salt Lake. Yeah. And he's, he's worked with like Tour de France athletes, Lance Armstrong famously and Peter Sagan, I think, isn't that a thing too? Maybe I don't I want to say I've heard that. that. Definitely Armstrong though. Yeah. But I think I might, you know, cause this, this whole cramping thing's like a big issue to me. I mean, it's right. what really holds me back more than anything, you know? And, and so I'm going to, um, I'm going to try to get an appointment with him and, kind of keep everyone posted about what I find out. And it's interesting because like for this to be really scientific, you'd probably have to climb Francis Peak like 50 times or 500 times to really or but, get like 30 people to do it. You know, because it is interesting because on one hand, you've got like the, the, the difference is being the extreme heat and then your lack of scratch, which would kind of make me think you'd be more likely to cramp. But then on the other hand, it's, those are kind of counterbalanced by the fact that your wattage was low. Are you able to dictate your own pace? And then the salt tablets, too. So it's kind of hard to say, like, which of those factors came into play the most. But you'd think that given the heat and your lack of scratch with your other electrolytes and stuff, like, it's intuitive to me that you'd cramp more or more, you'd be more likely to cramp, you'd cramp more quickly. But that something about the combination of lower power, your own pacing, and then the salt tablets, like, if you had to guess which of those three was the most impactful. I, I don't really know. And that's the thing. I think it was definitely a combination of those two. I think they're both definitely factors. Um, the thing with my pacing is I was pushing. I wasn't purposely holding back. Right. right I right. was going that much slower because I was tired. I had done like a big, you know, a hard pink boys skyline ride the night before. And I'd ridden, you know, I had a race the weekend before and had ridden every day since. So I came into this ride really fatigued, right? You know, so, um, so I was base. I wasn't like purposely going easy, 
Okay. I, I was going. You were you were being paced. You weren't pacing, right? Like I cir- was, circumstances dictated. That yeah, that's how I was fast going, you were going. I yeah, my wattage was slower because I was tired, not okay. because I was trying to be conservative necessarily. Interesting. Yeah. So, so is, is there going to be a another follow up experiment we're going to hear about soon, or are you done with you this? You know, I I think I think I'll probably try to meet with Max Testa and then and go then, from there. Yeah, I mean, I did have something else I wanted to try, but I'm kind of like after climbing it that second time in that heat, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done with Francis Peak for a little bit. It's quite a bit. How would you compare really quick? Because I was thinking the only other climb that I can think of that's a continuous climb that's that long is what we did last night with Eli Ferdner. Shout out Eli for being the only one to show up. Um, but climbing the big mountain trail at Snowbird up to the top of Hidden Peak, because that's only 3,000 feet, but it's more, it's like real climbing on single track with some it's really steep pitches. And it's and more punchy. How would you compare? I'd imagine Francis Peak is harder. Yeah, it's definitely harder. Okay. But that's another one that like, because I, I was just thinking about that. Like what, what even compares to Francis Peak? Well, the, the big mountain is a lot more punchy. There's like really, really steep sections with kind of flatter sections. And right. it's always going up, but it's not as gradual. And it's con- right. like Francis Peak just never stops. Like it never. So I was thinking the amount of time it takes someone to do that. Because Francis Peak takes you what, like th- three-ish hours? Um, two to three hours, depending on how fast you are i'm okay. sure people people might be able to do it in two and because because big mountain like i think the cottonwood canyons like little like a fast time up little is like what like 115 120 a fast time up bigs like 130 fast time up big mountains like two hours 145 two hours and then francis peak a decently fast time at francis peak is two and a half right mm-hmm. like yeah, two and a half is fast. Yeah, that's two and a half is really pretty quick. So I'm, I think nothing much is bigger than that. Like in terms of just absolute climbing all in one go, it's a pretty big one, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, I really wanted to do this experiment, and I wasn't too surprised with with what I learned. I think it's surprising you didn't cramp on ride too. I would have imagined that just the heat alone would be enough of a factor. But like you said, there's not there's not great science on this yet, right? Like we really don't know what causes cramping if it's genetic if it's environmental it's probably a combination of the both yeah, right I mean, like, the biggest question is why i cramp and you don't right because you think and, i mean you know for those and of I, you, I do have a theory that i don't really want to share publicly yet okay because that would be you know I, but i do have a theory that, that at least i think in my case and that's why i want to go talk to Go talk to a doctor before yeah. we start, you know, yeah, I don't speculating want to start on that quite yet. We've but. we've really tried hard not to go down that road that a lot of podcasts seem to go down with speculative medical information. Um, uh, but I think didn't I see Doctor Testa one time for like asthma or something you in did, high school? Yeah. I'm just having a memory of that, huh? Yeah, I remember it being good because like it's nice to have a doctor that like understands the cycling thing, you know. Um, but yeah, that so you you'll you'll commit to follow up on this and let us yeah, know you find uh, out. Yeah, I think yeah, I'll just kind of keep you posted on my findings because man if i could crack this nut i'd be a like i said this is the biggest thing holding you back as a writer you've said before oh yeah wow so okay interesting stuff should we should we switch gears i love doing that pun um this this next one is an interesting one and it's one that dan and i've been talking about all day we're not gonna it's it's not something we're gonna do deep dive on but it is something that we're both concerned about and we want to have a bit of a conversation about and um the listenership of this podcast, I would love to get some more information on. Um, I, I know it, it's um, a lot of youth athletes, a lot of their parents, some bogus people in Eastern Europe for some reason. I don't, I don't know why, you know, the map says that they're there too. But primarily, you know, like the focus of this team is youth athletes, right? And we also do try to cater to, to adults too. You know, a lot of the stuff that we say is good for everyone, but 
our, our emphasis is always on, on youth. And I think that you would agree, Dan, we believe in cycling. We do this because we think the sport is good for people and it's been good for us. And we want to, we want to share that with people. And, um, you and I in, in, in speaking have been a little concerned that like, you know, the fact of the matter is a, a lot of us and I include myself spend a lot of time on social media. Uh, I was looking at some really interesting numbers this morning that like, um, between Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and YouTube, the vast majority of Americans under 17, like spend significant amounts of time on one or all of those platforms. Then there's a few others as well. And even for the adults, like you, you use Instagram quite a bit. Um, a lot of people listening to this use Facebook. Um, almost all of us seem to use YouTube, which was the interesting thing. And those stats that YouTube uses way higher than I thought it would be. Um, and I'm sure we've all seen because the algorithms are really good and they figure out that you're a cyclist and they push you kind of adjacent content. I'm sure that we've all seen a lot of health and wellness and exercise and nutrition advice. And, um, a lot of it's bad. <laughs> like the gist, if you, if you, if you've got to run and you have one more minute to listen to this podcast, exercise extreme caution when taking any health or, or wellness or nutrition advice off any social media site and probably don't do it. And if you're going to look into people's backgrounds and, and all that, but we, we did kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the nuances there. Um, cause Dan, I think you had some kind of interesting thoughts about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, my thing is, is like the truth almost always is really boring. Right. You know, and if there's like, my goodness, if there was actually a magic supplement out there yeah, that worked and could make us be noticeably, be noticeably better cyclists. Oh yeah. I would be taking it. Oh, like, you'd be the first one to yeah. be taking it. Right. And we see stuff like that all the time where it's like, oh, scientists have unlocked this thing where if you take this, you'll lose all the weight that you've been struggling to lose or you'll you know, whatever, whatever other health benefit, there's usually some kind of conspiratorial narrative about how it's being hidden from you. And if you buy this thing from me, then you'll have all these benefits, right? Like, yeah, I I can promise you there's really no secrets out there. There's no magic pill you can take. That's going to make you fat. There's no food you can eat that will melt belly fat. You know, like it's, you know, you know, if it sounds too shocking to be true or too good it probably is probably is yeah Yeah. i mean most most of the best advice you're going to get is going to be really really boring and honestly stuff you guys already know yeah i mean like i mean you know dan and i when we talk about nutrition and stuff it's like eat a good nutrient dense diet eat eat lots of fruits and vegetables you know be judicious about when you're going to eat complex carbs try to use them for fueling in, indulge occasionally don't be super ritualistic with your diet and you know like it's all it's all stuff like you said is i mean out of boring is the right word but like pretty pedestrian you know nothing shocking because like and, and the format you know because i've been thinking i get a lot of these right lots of these videos um uh people with questionable credentials or no credentials at all people who have credentials but are way out of bounds for what their credentials are talking about, you know, like I think nutrition is the big one. And and my concern, and I've, I've spoken pretty publicly about some issues I've had with like body image and nutrition in the past, something I really struggled with in high school before I was an Instagram user, like before I was even really in social media, I was, I was really a, a late, late into social media, you know, and I'm, I'm, I am concerned that like, if you are, you know, a 14 year old girl, or if you're me, if you're 16 year old Joe, and you are being constantly assaulted by messaging about 
weight loss and about um, other body image things. I know for a lot of boys, there's a lot of, of um, emphasis on like bodybuilding, how to get shredded, how to get bigger or whatever. And like, and like, there's that one guy you was talking about who's, who's at the beginning of every single YouTube video you watch with like oh, the 15 shred. second uns, unskippable ad where it's just like, and, and what, what's the shtick that he usually does? Cause I'm not, I don't get those quite as much. Oh, he's like, like one of them is like Harvard researchers have unlocked a biological loophole that yeah you can crank up your metabolism in 30 minutes a day right and if they really wanted you to know what it was they would tell you right then right exactly if they actually cared about getting information out like right you know they really want you to click on some something to watch another commercial or something and right you know or like he talks about like these hormones that are preventing you from losing weight and right I mean stuff that's just bogus and yeah you know, and and like it's not like some guy that's out there that knows a lot that's giving goods. Right. Where he's nutrition. like, out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to go yeah, share this with like the world. It's like a company that's making. Yes. Making so much money that they could handle lawsuits. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And 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 like the thing too, and like we, we have to talk about like the money aspect of this. Like, I don't know. And if you're listening to this, because I TikTok's the one I've been sucked into lately. Um, it's the kind of problem social media in my life where it's, I mean, it's like designed to suck you in and keep you there. Right. And I see it all the time. There's this basic structure where the video goes, there's some big, crazy, catchy conspiratorial headline. That's like these 10 foods in your pantry are killing you. Or it's like, um, this is a toxin that almost all of us ingest on a daily basis. Right. And of course they never tell you what it is right there. It's like, it's like, you know, 90s clickbait those things are like they yeah. don't ever tell you what they are like, right and then they go on and they that's and, and the, the one i've seen the format that really kind of scares me a little bit and there's some extremely extremely popular creators on tiktok where they basically go into a grocery store and they pick up a food and they say this is full of these toxins right and they will almost always cite some study that they're either completely misinterpreting because they're not qualified to interpret studies right like they'll cite some study that they're completely misinterpreting or a completely bogus study from the university of a strip mall somewhere. And they're like, this ingredient in cliff bars is, is toxic. So you should buy mine instead. And that's always the pitch. They always have something they're trying to sell you. They're always trying to scare you into thinking that like eating healthy needs to be some expensive thing where you have to stay away from all the conspiratorial. And like, not that I'm defending everything a food company or a drug company's ever done. Cause obviously they do bad things. Right. But like the idea is that like, you shouldn't eat these cliff bars that a normal person can afford. You should buy mine that are $25 a box, right? And like that's almost kind of on the innocuous end of this where it's like these are just kind of grifters and scammers, right? But then you get into some really scary stuff where like like Dan and I have both collected, or at least I've collected a few headlines that I'm going to share in a sec that are like things that where people are like trying to scare you out of using something or telling you to use something that will actively harm you. Can I jump into my my list of, of videos that I found? Sure, yeah. So so the first one, and this is liter- this is the flavor of the week, like literally, this this just barely came around, is that the new one that people are telling you to do is to drink borax, which if you're not familiar with, is like a laundry product. <laughs> um, there's, there's some junk science behind it, and they're saying you should mix a little bit of borax into your water, and all the doctors are coming out and saying, Oh my gosh, don't do this. Probably don't. That's really stupid. You know, like Tide Pods was less dumb than that, right? They're like, like I was reading this thing, they're like, you're going to have a lot of blue vomit if you drink a lot of borax. It can be toxic. My algorithm must think I'm smarter than that because I haven't seen that yet. Well, and Dan and I were talking about this. I wonder if it's an age thing. It seems like I'm getting a distinctly different message than you are because you tell that is one of the, the, the two pieces of information 
you give like TikTok on the front end. And I think it's like your name, your age and your gender, right? And based on that, it can extrapolate a ton about what you are likely to keep watching. So I got like, like Borax is a big one. And it's, it's funny because these things are almost always like, hey, there's some compound in this common food that's totally toxic. So instead you should ingest this other known toxin. You know, like they're really, you know, uh, some other ones that I collected, um, you should never wear sunscreen or sunglasses because they are a big pharma conspiracy, right? In a country where we have how many million cases of skin cancer every year and they're telling you that like humans really are supposed to be out in the sun all the time and they kind of neglect to say, yeah, during a time when the average life expectancy was like 32 no one lived long enough to develop skin cancer, right? Like it's almost always these like misinterpretations or misunderstandings. And even when there's not, and it's almost kind of scarier when there's not something to sell, when the people actually believe the insane stuff they're pushing. Like uh, another one that I saw was all dairy, gluten, and corn products cause your brain to rot. And I promise I'm not making that sound worse than it is. Like this guy was actually saying those things make brain matter decompose. Hmm. Um, another one Maybe was... Maybe I've been eating too much corn. In I was going to say, that would explain it, right? Like, we're going through so many cornflakes around here and Dan's behavior, it all makes sense now, right? <laughs> another one was that all white foods are unhealthy, which was a really weird conspiracy. Um, peanuts are carcinogenic. And then the last one was that uh, raw potato juice uh, cures strep, which is insanely dangerous. Like, if you leave strep untreated and try to treat it with raw, potato, raw juice. potato juice, like, you can take a very treatable illness and turn it into something that's really dangerous to your health, right? So those, these kind of span, like, saying peanuts are carcinogenic, I don't think that's likely to, like, hurt anyone, right? Like, people might stop consuming peanuts, which are fine, by the way. Like, peanuts are not carcinogenic, you know? And I looked into that one a little more, and there were some kind of things debunking where people were like, there's a compound that's found in trace amounts in peanuts, that has been linked to being like a possible possible carcinogen, like a scientifically literate person. But that would, would have see made that. a terrible headline that no one exactly. would have clicked on. Exactly. Like, know. there's no if any t- like nuance isn't catchy, you know. And and like the human body is like the most infinitely complex thing we deal with, right? And and if, I, I know there are a lot of physicians on this team, right? Like they will know better than anyone else that like the amount of school that you have to go to and training that you have to do to really understand the nuances here. Where like I'm sure a physician would read that that study and be like, oh, okay, that's mildly interesting and would eat a handful of peanuts right there, right? But the problem is you have these people who are pushing these crazy narratives, right? Where that one's not even that dangerous, but like raw potato juice cures strep is super dangerous, right? Because if a parent hears that and then their kid gets a strep infection, like most, I've had strep before, right? Like most people get it at some point and you leave that untreated, that can turn into a really, really serious, like potentially life-threatening health thing, right? And so we were kind of talking about like, you know, like Dan said, and I kind of think that Dan's solution is probably the best that like anytime you hear any health claim from anyone on social media, just exercise extreme caution. But we do want to be careful because like there are some people on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube who are, I mean, like we're doing a podcast where we talk about health and nutrition and Dan and I are not doctors, as we've said many, many times. So, so we, you should use extreme caution. And, and you know what? That's what we kind of let on is like, you should like, I mean, the truth is most of the people who listen to this know us personally. Right. And I'd like to think as well, we've never tried to sell you something other than a bike, I guess on, on like we're, we, Dan and I don't have a line of pills. We're trying to sell you yet. Yet. <laughs> if we ever do, oh, we'd sell out so fast. Right. But like, we don't have something we're trying to tell you. And the other thing is like, I think to our credit, we really stay in bounds. We're like, anytime we're talking about complex medical things, what do we always say? Talk to your doctor. Right. You know, like we're not, we don't push one size fits all easy. And it's kind of falls into like the bigger thing where it's like humans want simple, gratifying answers to complicated questions. Right. Like a lot of Americans do uh, uh, struggle with obesity. 
right? And like, that's a really tough nut to crack. Like people struggle to lose weight and it's really frustrating. And so if some, you know, handsome guy shows up on your, your for you page on TikTok and says, here's a simple, easy thing to fix that. You bet you're going to go spend twenty nine ninety five. you know? And so I, I think in particular, we're kind of worried about like the youth here where there's a lack of like maturity, where you haven't seen things in the real world yet. Um, like do not get health advice from TikTok. And if you, and Dan and I both agree, like we have some people we follow on, on TikTok and YouTube and, and Instagram and stuff where they have interesting points to make and we'll listen to them. But like, we've done a little bit of work, right? Where like, I, I try to listen to people who have an MD or a DO after their name, you know, somebody who's a real trained um, medical professional and then look them up or PhD or PhD, right? Somebody who's like, yes, I'm a researcher in this area and this is what I'm finding. Or yeah, I went, I've, I've been in school for 20 years to learn about this. And like, this is what I'm finding, you know? And the other thing that we want to, we want to caution and in, in, in specifically in regards to their presence on social media is, is other healthcare providers. And there's a lot of different kinds who are just operating outside of their bounds. Right. So a good example is chiropractors. Like a lot of people have a great experience going to a chiropractor in their town who has a practice who's gone to school and that's great and everything. But there is a lot, there are a lot of people on, on the internet in general who, who imposes them deliberately try to mislead people into thinking that they're an MD, right? And then giving, so like the, the, the advice um, or the headline that was all dairy, gluten, and corn products rot your brain, that came from a guy on TikTok who's a chiropractor. And so I think it's important to remember that like people have a scope of practice and if they stray out of that scope of practice, like that expertise isn't there and you should probably not listen to them, right? You know, and then there's like, you know, like nutritionists versus dietitians. Yes. This was a really interesting one. Is it like I, and I didn't know this until today that like nutritionist means nothing. It is, it, I could call myself a nutritionist right now. Whereas a registered or licensed dietitian, that is like a real super legit health professional who is accountable to a licensing board where you can't just say whatever you want to try and sell your supplements. And I should say that like among those people and even among doctors, you can find examples of, of people with an MD after their name saying crazy stuff. But, and I've, I've learned this in, in my, in my professionally right now, I, I work in physician staffing, right? And, and a big part of my job is like, you know, stalking doctors and finding out, you know, about their background and seeing if they're a good hire. And, um, there are a lot, a lot of mechanisms that prevent doctors and other, you know, healthcare professionals who are accountable to a licensing board that prevent them from doing whatever they want. Right. And of course things slip through the cracks. Like Dan and I both found examples today of, people with MDs saying really, really crazy stuff. And all the other doctors are like, don't listen to this guy. He's nuts. But um, if you're trying to decide if somebody is worth your time and if you should listen to them, look into what their credentials are and then look into what accountability structures exist within that profession. So, um, and, and the biggest thing here is like Dan said, to just use common sense. You know, like if, if it kind of, if there's the standard format of flashy conspiratorial headline about an immediate danger to your well-being, followed by, a rambling misunderstood spiel citing studies incorrectly and then trying to sell you something at the end, like never, ever, 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 ever listen to those people. Right. And even if someone, you know, like even if somebody is, is a, is a doctor on TikTok or someone like, Google them, you know, see what comes up. Right. Um, because like, I think, and I don't know if, if Dan would agree with this, but like a lot of us are going to get our information from social media moving forward. That's just kind of the way things are going. So, you know, I think, I think Dan said it best, like, you know, nuance doesn't get clicks. The truth is kind of boring. Eat fruits and vegetables and whole grains and do the things that we know are good for you. Ride your bike and exercise and, and like, 
be really careful before giving someone your credit card information to buy their snake oil pills. Yeah, because, I mean, as human beings, we are just so complex. Right. And the science to understand all the processes that happen within our bodies is just mind-blowingly complicated. Oh, yeah. But taking care of our bodies isn't really that complicated for most people. I mean, unless you have some, unless you have some, some, something that you need, right. You know, but like, like so much of it is so simple that, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, but it would be really boring if I did a video walking through the grocery store, pointing at spinach and telling people that you should eat it. Everybody would be like, of course we know that's right. You know, um, that wouldn't be interesting to anybody, but that's, you know, like, like, eating healthy and and it's like we kind of know the things that are good for our bodies and the things that are bad for our bodies right you know it's not it's it's really it's not rocket science it's not rocket science you know for 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 most of us and like i even think like with training you know like like i think that's the beauty of like polarized training that it's so simple it's such a simple concept that once we understand it most of us can kind of make good decision calls on our training. Right. And, you know, the coach is more, I almost see the coach, the coach's role is more of like a, like someone that gives, offers encouragement or motivation. Right. And an accountability, not so much, you know, not so much someone that's prescribing everything you should ever do on your bike, you know. And we should say too, like speaking about like, like coaches and personal trainers are another two, like we've kind of identified them as like offenders, like frequent bad actors in this space. We want to be clear that like the, you know, like there are kids on this team who coach, right. You know, um, we're talking specifically about like people online who say, I'm a health coach or I'm a wellness coach or I'm a personal trainer. Like, remember those mean nothing. You could call yourself that today. It's, it, it is as official as calling yourself like Iceland's chief fairy catcher. Like it is a completely made up thing. But the problem is, and, and where it becomes difficult is a lot of those people are really good and might have good information to share. And we don't want to dissuade you from ever getting any information offline, but like, you know, and, and like Dan said, there's kind of the common red flags you look out for where you use the common sense. Like, and like a big one is like avoid extremes. You know, like there's a lot of people who will tell you that like you should only eat raw meat and organs. That's a really popular one right now. And I'm not going to litigate how legit that is because I'm not a healthcare professional. I don't have a science background, but I can say that for a youth endurance athlete, that's not something you should be doing. That's kind of no duh, right? And you should remember too, and I want to talk about specifically the weight loss aspect of this is that is the biggest thing people want is to lose weight, Right. We've, I've said this so many times, like if you are on this team, unless your physician says that you should, and you're working with them, you should not be concerned about losing weight. Like I, I obviously whiffed on this and it's really affected my life negatively. Like if your doctor says fine, like, and, and it seems to be mostly girls who are affected by this, but I can, I can, I'm, you know, you know, there's people like me too. Like, do not worry about weight loss. It worry is about getting strong and yes. fast and the weight tends to take care of itself. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and even if you're like listening to this and you're an adult who is in a place where, yeah, it'd be healthy for me to lose 10 or 15 pounds, like going to extremes and like, I'll say like the keto diet, we, everything that we know, all of the common sense information that we have leads us to believe that that's probably not a good fit for somebody who is looking to do cycling. Yeah. You know, or like, and I'm not going to litigate if it's right for other people. It just, and that's the other note is like, if you're listening to this, you kind of have slightly different needs anyway than a member of the general population. If you're a young person who's very active, 
a lot of the advice that you see out there that might be good advice for a sedentary 55-year-old isn't going to be good for you. Um, and if you can, we know it's not practical to like call your doctor every time you have a question, but like work with your doctor, you know, um, work with somebody who really has the background and the training to properly understand these things and, and help you. And then like, don't drink laundry products. And if you're going to do that, I don't know if I can help you anyway, but <laughs> like that's, and I don't want to be like, I don't want to be mean. I don't like stopping anyone's beliefs, but like, should we do a deep dive on borax? Should we do a deep dive? <laughs> I haven't ever heard that one before. I don't even It's a it. huge one. I looked it me. up. NBC News has an article debunking okay, why I, you shouldn't. It's a big deal. Like and like and I, I was going to I I meant to so get Maybe just as a general rule, anything that has to do with like laundry products <laughs> probably isn't going to improve your cycling. Just yeah, maybe I'm going out on a limb there. It's I don't know, man. And it's like and I don't and here's the thing. I don't think it's likely that anybody listens cuz I know most of the people who listen to this yeah. podcast. And I know you're all smart enough to like not do the really big, obviously stupid stuff like this. But my, my concern is that like there are videos promoting borax consumption that have hundreds of thousands of likes, not just views, like people actively being like, oh, yeah, cool. Right. Like this stuff is I think this problem is going to get worse. And I don't I don't want it to be like like normal or mundane, like, you know, like use common sense. Like if it sounds really, really crazy and dangerous, it probably is you know and it used to be that like in the 50s you turn on the tv and there were three news stations none of them were telling you to drink borax right like maybe there were problems but they were kind of like if 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 lester holt came out and oh he's like a recent who's or walter cronkite came out and was like oh, americans should drink borax like everyone would be on him immediately right and be like you're nuts you can't be on the news anymore but now it's like some idiot can go and be like yeah you should drink laundry products and hundreds of thousands of people listen so, so exercise caution. So eat fruits and vegetables, yep. lean meats. Yep. Avoid the laundry products. <laughs> avoid the like and there anything are only else. Anything else that sounds really stupid that you hear on, on social media. Yeah. Cause it probably is probably is. And like, ideally don't listen to any of it. Get as much of your information as you can from your doctor and yeah, the CDC and people keep, like that. Keep it boring. Yep. There's nothing. And, and again, like if, if it's not boring, someone's trying to make money. You know, like no one, because the thing is like, you can't make money being like, eat your fruits and vegetables and give me $10. Like that's not a, that's not a viable <laughs> business model. Right. You know, and it seems like there's enough money in some of this that people like, we've found examples of like doctors who went to med school and decided it was more lucrative to, to go sell and sell snake oil, Yeah, you know, probably not for all doctors, but there are a few. Yeah. So, um, I'll get off my soapbox now, but especially if you're young and you're listening to this exercise, caution, use your common sense. Don't shop in the laundry aisle unless your clothes are dirty. Like if you're going, like there are only certain aisles at Smith's that are dedicated to things you should be eating, and then there's others that aren't. As a social experiment, I kind of want to start a fitness account and just say people should start eating kitty litter and see how many people do it. Like the the advantages of eating dog food. <laughs> so tell you what, today's secret word as we wrap up is text me the product that you think will be the next big well, health and wellness fad that people are supposed to eat. And we will give a call out to whoever texts Dan or I the funniest one. Okay, that's a good idea. Fair enough. Oh, what, how much money did you lose last week? Oh, I, about $10. Oh, which wow. is It's funny because like, there's usually about three people who text us the secret word. As soon as there was a dollar on the line, like <laughs> some more people jumped in. So I don't know if it was the novelty factor hmm. or if people are just really hard up. Maybe, um, yeah, we just need to buy more listens. That's really... I guess. I don't know, man. I think it was, uh, you know, uh, it was... It was 
yeah, it was more people. It was more people than I expected. Um, but but yeah. So one more time this week, come up with the the thing that all of the crazy crunchy influencer people will be doing in a week or two, and uh, we will we will call out the winner at a, in next week's episode. Okay. Sounds all right, good. Folks. Well, ride safe, uh, stay cool, um, and uh, we will talk to you in a week. <laughs>